What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Thunder Coast to Coast. I'm here with Amber. Amber, do you want to say hello to everybody? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm still kind of distraught after last night's loss, but I'll be okay. Yeah, so what we're going to be doing here, whether you're listening on the podcast platform or you're watching this on YouTube, on YouTube, it's going to be split into segments. So if you're just watching this first segment, you want to hear the whole thing, go check out the podcast. Um, All the stuff are in the links below. But what we're going to be talking about to start off is SGA not being an all-star. It came out today. SGA was not on the reserves list. And I'm going to be frank. SGA did not deserve an all-star nod this year. I do not think he was snubbed. I will say I think De'Aaron Fox was absolutely snubbed and Devin Booker was snubbed. Those guys, I think, are more snubs. Um, But SGA, like SGA has played very, very well. Don't get me wrong. But him being, you know, quote unquote snubbed, I uh, I think that's a term that gets thrown out too loosely. Um, somebody like a Sabonis was snubbed, but like SGA, yeah, he's putting up good numbers, but he's putting up good numbers and not winning, and he's playing in the West where there's a lot of good guards. Like, I mean, there's three automatic guards that have to go in with <laughs> Steph, Luca, and Dame, Same. and then there's all the other guys, you know. Chris Paul or Devin Booker, um, De'Aaron Fox I brought up. Like, there's a ton of guys. Um, so it's difficult to get in. And, you know, I don't think SGA deserved it. But obviously, as a Thunder fan, you know, I still wanted him to make it. I was voting for him. But, <laughs> Amber, what are your thoughts on SGA not making the All-Star game? It makes sense. And OKC fans might be upset with us. But it makes sense. Be- he's averaging 22.8. Uh, 5.5 rebounds, 6.5 assists. He has good numbers. It's just the West is rugged. Devin Booker's team is winning. I know they factor that into our star selections. They might not say they do, but I think they do. Because I'll give you an example. We were talking about this in my group chat, my sports network. If the New York Knicks weren't winning and Julius Randle were putting up these numbers, I don't think Julius Randle would have got an all-star not. I, I just don't. Ben Simmons' Ben Simmons numbers don't stick out to you, but they're number one in the East. He got it voted in as an all-star reserve, which I don't think he should have been, but that's neither here nor there. You have to win games and put up the numbers to be an all-star. That that's that's just how it works. Yes, Bradley Beal had the most votes for a guard, but he's leading the league for guards in the East, but he's leading the league in scoring. So yeah. you can't take that away from him. Um, there's just certain things that they require to be an all-star. Now, we'll say this. If Shea was probably averaging 26 points a game and the Thunder were in a playoff spot, I'd say like nine or either eight, nine or ten, I think he probably would have gotten an all-star. Then you could say, okay, he's a snub. He should have got in, possibly. But with the numbers he has and the wins they have, there are just guards in the West that are just better i know shay's had games where he looks like an all-star and that's fine shay will be an all-star guys don't panic shay will be an all-star the west is just so loaded it's it's a loaded west and with anthony davis not being able to play i don't understand why they voted him in anyway not being able to play i think that spot's probably going to go to devin booker for the second year in a row an injury is going to get devin booker his all-star bid it's going to go to Devin Booker. It should go to Devin Booker. I don't know who else it should go to. Phoenix is winning. Devin Booker's putting up numbers. SGA's team is not winning. 
which nobody expected them to be winning. Let's just throw that out there because of they did a clearing house pretty much and just compiled draft picks. But his numbers are good. Are they all-star worthy? Eh, maybe. But I think that 24, 25 point per game average gets you the all-star nod. I, I think that's what it is. Match that with the wins of your team, the performance of your team. I think that's kind of what gets you in. Now, Chris Paul doesn't have those numbers, but he had a game. He had 19 assists. I mean, Chris Paul has the numbers in different ways. And the Phoenix Suns are winning. I keep throwing out this winning this winning thing because that matters to me. What do you think? I think it matters. I, I think, think they looked at it. They look at that. I think it's perfectly ironic because everybody, you know, the last couple of years has been telling all the Phoenix Suns fans, Devin Booker will make it when he wins. <laughs> Finally starts winning, putting up great numbers, still not put in the all-star game. Like they just put his teammate in. I thought that was great, but you're absolutely right. It is about winning. And I, I will say the entire all-star selection process is horrible. I hate it. I, I do too. I, I think it's it's probably the worst way that people could go about it. Um, other sports, you know, it's still pretty bad. Like the I know I think the NFL is a strict fan vote. Um, it's pretty weird with the NFL with, you know, the Pro Bowl, but the All-Star game, you know, they have it where it's like, oh, the fans have 50%, then the media and the players have t- the other 50% um, for the starters. But then they just let coaches select the bottom, you know, the reserves. That makes no sense because the, you know, the fan voting, you know, elects people in for certain reasons. Um, you know, like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving probably doesn't deserve a starting spot in the all-star game based on how he's played. Is he an all-star caliber player? Is he a, you know, all-star level player? Yes, absolutely. Like he should be in the game, but the fans vote him as a starter. And it's like, okay, he's barely played. Like I didn't have him as a starter in my list. I think I had, I had Jalen Brown as a starter um, Mm -hmm. in my list that I made when the all-star voting first came out. And it's like, okay, now all of a sudden the guys that, the coaches are just given like a handful of players and it, it's weird and I don't like it. And especially the way that it like takes place at a different time. Like they wait a week before like their, you know, voting time, you know, is up. We had the SGA's game against, was it against Miami? Was that the game where it was the last time before the all-star or was it the game before um, that against maybe it was Milwaukee? Um, well, they played Miami last night, so it's probably – I don't know when their votes had to be in, though. because I, I know which game it was. I just I – I need to look at the schedule, um, and okay. I can – then I can have it up. It was against, it was against the Cavs, the okay. night of the Cavaliers game. That was the last night for – or the last day for coaches to send in their ballots. Um, okay. And they had 30 – like, it was a big game. Um, Shea had a big game. You know who else had a big game um, in his final game? Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zach Levine should not have made the all-star game in my opinion, but Ooh. he had a good stretch um, finishing that final 10. Yeah. I, Zach Levine's a... putting up numbers. though. have you seen yeah, he's putting up that? numbers? Yeah. I, I would agree with that, but I think other people in the East are putting up, you know, similar numbers as well. Guys like Trey young are putting up numbers. Um, I think the and... bulls have a better record though. Maybe, maybe I, they they're, might be they're right around the same spot. Spots. Um, yeah. So with Levine having better numbers than Trey Young, um, and 
they're around the same spot, they're probably going to give Levine a nod, probably. Which sucks just because Trey Young's entire team has been injured. Like they haven't had a freaking full roster for 80% of their games. They've played, I mean, the first like, you know, they started off the season and they were relatively healthy. Gallo got hurt and all those guys. But then all of a sudden it was just like, um, everybody started getting hurt. Um, Gallo, Capella, mm-hmm. um, Bogdanovich got hurt. Um, everybody got hurt. Everybody got hurt on that team. Um, they're 13 and 17 right now. Bulls are 14 and 16, um, which is like, you know, one yeah. game, one, one game, game separating the two. And then that's just, that's just what's annoying about it. In my opinion, just the way that the voting is later and it's by the coaches who have no input on the starters. I don't know. I just think that there's a better way to do it just, but, and, and I don't know. I just think getting rid of fan voting would be the best way to do it. But the problem is then the fans will get all mad. But like, I mean, who remembers when Zaza Pachulia led the West front court in in fan voting? <laughs> Stupid. Because the Warriors had like, you know, the biggest Twitter account or whatever. And they just tweeted out, oh, wow, vote Steph into the All-Star game. And then also put at Zaza Pachulia. So it gets all these extra votes because the Warriors just throw them out there. And, and you know, if you have a bigger fan base, obviously they're going to get more votes. But that's not about how deserving you are. I think I think winning should play a factor in it. I was not overly upset about Bradley Beal not being in the All Star game last year. Um, he, I mean, the team was was horrific um, with him, and he he was doing great scoring the ball. But like, if you're not winning, I don't think that you should be in the All Star game. So like, I'm not like overly mad about any of the selections. Um, obviously, Bradley Beal this year he's leading the league in scoring. Like you brought up Amber, so that's different. Yeah, but. For OKC, OKC's not really winning. Um, the offense problem is the offense is like completely revolving around SGA, and I think that hurts him um, in his All Star nomination because it gives him more opportunities to take shots and everything like that. Whereas if he was averaging those numbers as like a number two or in a system that was more like, like San Antonio, where it's just less um, give it to one guy, because I mean, every time you watch OKC, it's Shea bringing the ball up the court, which is good because like, Oh, they're relying on this guy more, but the more they rely on you and you're not winning, that's what hurts the case. Um, Yeah. And Devin Booker, they're not really Phoenix is not really relying on Devin Booker. He's still not getting in. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Devin Booker, the all-star game hates Devin Booker. I think mm-hmm. it, you know, they're just like, I think the nod for AD is kind of stupid. They're like, oh, we just got to get it on for his resume or whatever. I think it's so dumb. And you know, I think it there's so many coaches that you know it's about a respect thing. They see the list and they're like, Oh yeah, Chris Paul, boom, all-star. You know, he's that player. Um Ben Simmons, they see it and they're like all star. Uh, like, I have a problem with the Ben Simmons pick. I, I, I just do. I, I don't like it at all. I think that should be Sabonis' spot. I, I just do. That's what makes it so weird. Like, that's why. I don't know. It. I mean, there's always different. I don't think that there was any. Oh, man, Sabonis not getting in was tough. You know, the former OKC players. They're just like, you know, <laughs> some of them do well. Chris Paul's done well. Russell Westbrook. Did not do well um, in the in the voting system this year, you know, which is yeah. reasonable. Um, which is sad. I feel like if the all if the all star game selection process was in two weeks from now, I bet Russell Westbrook is an all star. 
because oh, the yeah. Wiz- like, like he's putting up numbers yeah like that's what's so funny about it because you know overall like it's halfway through the season that's the other thing that's really weird about the all-star game whereas like you know the nfl pro bowl is you know the week before the super bowl um so it's the full season like all-star weekend it's just weird um I don't know if I dislike it being in the middle. It's just something that's really weird. Like guys can be injured and, and the selection process is just bad. I don't know. It's just rough, but it's, it's rough. It's, it's rough. And I've talked about this before on a different platform. When you vote, the fans don't take the voting seriously. Cause they have clay Thompson and Caruso in there, in their top 10. I thought I saw at one yes. point. And then they have De'Aaron Fox. Um, they had CJ McCollum, which eh, CJ's not going to be able to play. So why even vote him in? I think if CJ would have continued playing, he would definitely been an all-star this season. Um, he would have been one of those first time all-star uh, players, but the fans don't take it seriously because the fans don't watch basketball. I'm just being honest. The fans do not watch basketball. They, they rely on analytics highlights and that's pretty much it. They don't watch basketball. <laughs> The analytics, the, the analytics. analytics, the analytics are killing me. Oh, they are killing me. Makata, they're killing me. I but- struggle so much with <laughs> analytics, um, particularly more in the NFL because I watch like an absurd amount of NFL. Like I, I watch the NBA, I watch OKC and all that stuff. And I watch a lot of the other games, but like, you know, NFL, I just have a better feel of, you know, how good somebody is just by watching them. But like NBA, you know, you watch a play, like, like somebody like a homie. Like I watch Hami and I'm like, no, I don't want Hami on the floor. And people will say, oh, but here's his stats and this. And I'm like, okay, yes. But you gotta watch the game. But you, you watch, watch him and it looks so bad. And oh, it's so frustrating. Uh, but sometimes analytics, you know, if they help my argument, I use them. Like, <laughs> I mean, but when they when they don't agree with me, I think the analytics is so stupid. Um, and I'm I'm just I'm just kind of sad that we don't get to see Rudy Gobert cry again, because um, I always thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh boy, Rudy Gobert! Oh boy, he's an All Star this year. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really wants to see Rudy Gobert in an All Star game. I'm just being honest with you. I, I people probably think I hate Rudy Gobert. And Vucevic. I, <laughs> I do not want to watch Vucevic in the All Star game. Like like centers. There are, there are a lot of fun. Players. Like, yeah. like an Embiid, a Jokic, you know, Anthony Davis, those guys are fun to watch. You know, they can they can still shoot. They can, you know, like Embiid will, like, take the ball up the court and he'll try and cross somebody up. Yeah. Vucevic is going to go down the court, post somebody up and be like, hey, watch this hook shot. <laughs> I'm not trying to watch Vucevic go into the post against Rudy Gobert in the All-Star game. It's, it's making it difficult for the big – well, you know, the traditional big – how do I say this? Um, the traditional big is trying to come back, but it's coming back in a different form. And do I want to see excitement in an all-star game? Yes, because it's an all-star game. Like players like Kyrie, Steph, Dame, Luca, LeBron, you know, James Harden, Kevin Durant, those are fun players to watch. There are going to be some players you just don't want to watch an all-star game. I want to see Zach Levine all-star game because I want to see what kind of ducks he's going to do. I mean, he's an all-star player for me. Zach Levine is. He's improved his shooting, and he can jump out the gym. So there are certain players you just don't want to see, but they get voted in because their stats and their team are winning, and I don't have a problem with that. you got to mix it up. 
you have to mix it up. Now, if they voted based on all-star caliber game, like your game just being like an all-star caliber, I think the voting might be different. What do yeah. you think? I oh, think it would absolutely be different. be different. It would absolutely yeah. be different. And I, I want to bring something I'm going to make. I don't think this would happen, but this would be the greatest thing to ever happen Uh-oh. in the history of all-star games. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Lay it on me. Zach Levine, I, I believe he's retired from the dunk contest. I believe. Yes. Yes. He, he has is. done this. Yes. I want to see the 360 from the throw line in the all-star game. Because there were videos of Zach Levine in the gym <laughs> attempting the 360 free throw line dunk. I would give him the all-star game MVP right away. Just walk out of midcourt immediately. If he in a fast break <laughs> decides to go for a 360, even if he misses it, I do not care. I just want to see him attempt a 360, 360 free throw. Because if he if he makes that dunk. It is the greatest dunk in basketball history because it was an in-game dunk contest dunk. I I don't care if it's if it's in an all-star game because you got to have your legs ready. I mean, this is like a first two minutes of the game. You know, he checks in off the bench in a fast break, and he just does it because that would just I don't know. I just want to see him try it. I think that'd be so great. It would like I think if he did that, it would solidify him as the greatest all-star weekend dunker ever. Um. It would be the greatest all-star game dunk ever. Like, it wouldn't even be close. Like, it would be like, it would be by far. I mean, there are a couple of dunks that I've seen in my life where it's like, you just think, and you're like, I never thought it could be done. I saw somebody, I believe last year, do, do a double East Bay, which is a double between the legs. Dunk. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, I never thought that would happen. So a 360 from the like Zach Levine went between his legs from the free throw line and behind his back. And it's like, that's kind of just the same concept. You know, you can just jump far, you know, you stick your leg up. It's a little more difficult, obviously, but like a 360 is completely different. The, you got to jump in a completely different way to do a 360 on the run than you do doing that. So Zach Levine, if he doesn't try a 360 dunk from the free throw line, I'm absolutely disappointed um completely but overall i think that's pretty good for this first segment um we can get into the next one but you know if people are listening i'm watching on youtube you know subscribe but (laughs) you know if you're in the podcast you know overall we'll get into the next segment but because we were talking about dunkers and you know iconic dunkers blake griffin oh my goodness amber you want to lead into this because this is this is a fun one it's fun and we've talked about it and I've seen it and I also have thought about it. And when you think about his contract, it kind of turns you away from it, but I don't know how much money OKC has to spend. That's McConnell's department. He knows how much money. Well, usually not even McConnell. Lori knows all the numbers and the facts for how much OKC has to spend for the next 20 years. Um, he's just, <laughs> that's just the type of guy Lori is, but he, I think he put a, did he put a proposal in the chat? Let me see if he put a proposal in the chat about Blake Griffin possibly coming to OKC. Yeah, he did send one. Um, he said, I mean, if you guys don't go follow um, Giola388 on Twitter, um, he posts all of the trades, you know, potential trades, thoughts on the trades. Um, not here, obviously, but go check it out. Um, and in terms of, you know, the salary cap, um, OKC has decent, you know, overall 
cap space, you know, love to see the good old $2.6 million right now. So getting in, we'd have to send away a contract. Um, Trevor Ariza right now is definitely one of those guys. He's making $12 million a year. How much Horford? And obviously Horford as well, but, you know, depending on what Detroit wants. Okay. you know, because they may just want that expiring in in Trevor Reza because that's more way more valuable. I think Trevor Reza is more valuable than Horford because his is expiring and Horford has one extra year on it left. So, and since Detroit's not contending, they don't need a you know a center. Okay, you know, they tried to contend with a center and it didn't work out at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andre. <laughs> Oh man, is he not? He's not even playing in Cleveland right now because he's wanting to trade. So, oh, Cleveland got off the schneid tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Cleveland beat Atlanta by one. Wow. All right, here we go. This is what he said. This is what Laurie said. We miss you, Laurie. OKC has a, had adopted a ball moving player motion O that fits Blake Griffin's remaining skills. He is not the guy he once was, but he is extremely effective as a playmaker, passer, especially out of the hot post and in dribble. Handoff actions. That's number one. Number two, a deal for him will create two problems. A, we would have too many games with him if Hill and Horford are not moved. We will win too many games. B, (laughs) he will be willing to mulligan this season and be happy on a rebuilding team for six months. That's a question mark. Worries me more about prop. A, worries me more about more than problem B, wouldn't be smart to pivot. Okay, here we go. Okay, see, actually does don't need the salary to match. The TEs allow us to operate as an over-the-cap over team so we can easily send Detroit Ariza and that's it. However, what will we get back? Detroit have no picks. B fits but doubt he's available. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Do, Dumbia? Do, yeah, doesn't fit. <laughs> Dumbia, I believe. Yes, doesn't yeah. fit the new philosophy. And he puts a little shrug. All right, number four. This is related to point three. By accepting a Blake for Reza trade, Presti could then go and maximize Hill and Horford deals in separate transactions. Hill is still very valuable around the NBA, and Horford has really shown he's a high-level player. Sorry, Philly, in parentheses. <laughs> Number five, if OKC can pry Sadiq Bay, which I don't think they could, Sadiq Bay, then it elevates their rebuild forward one year. If we could get the name that we can't pronounce, then Darius Baisley shifts to the three. It's interesting, this, but Baisley's shooting is still iffy, so – the fit might be weird at this stage. I honestly prefer a player, though, instead of picks. Sadiq Bay has been playing very well for Detroit. And I don't know, like Laurie said, I don't know if they'd be willing to give him up. Yeah. That's especially tough. just to get rid of Blake Griffin. Like, yeah. I don't think it's super. Uh, I, I, I like the move just because Blake Griffin is still, is he a great basketball player now? No, but he still has the tools. Um, like he can still play make, he can still dribble. Um, can he dunk? Not really. I'm pretty sure he hasn't dunked in, in a game in like two seasons, which is crazy. 
Um, it's been a very long. It's been like a hundred. The disrespect to the guy that jumped over a car. The disrespect okay, to the guy jumped that over jumped the over the front portion of a Kia. <laughs> you know, Kobe Bryant jumped over a whole car. I'm just saying. All right. Oh yeah, that, that iconic, <laughs> iconic jump over car. Yeah, he. Oh, oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. But go ahead, continue. But overall, I mean, okay, you you can acquire him, but overall, what does he bring OKC? Like, yeah, they can get an offense, but I don't know if I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll have to talk about Mark in in a future episode, but because it just seems like like there isn't a system. <laughs> Maybe it's just I don't know. It just doesn't seem like OKC has a system. And would they implement a system if they got Blake Griffin? I don't know. I, I don't see that being something what the, that they try and go out and do. Like they would get him, and yeah, Basley could move to the three, which I don't know why Basley's game. Oh, Basley, Basley <laughs> is turning in to Kristaps. Okay, except one, Basley's not a very good shooter, but he's this tall guy that only shoots threes, and it's very frustrating. I agree. And like, I need him to take it inside, and if he all of a sudden. And if he's playing the power forward position, he's got bigger guys on him. It's easier to get by him. But if he's playing the three, much more difficult to get by people um, at the three if you are not. I mean, he doesn't have insane speed. He's got good athleticism. But, you know, and then Blake Griffin being on the floor, like, yeah, he could pass. OKC would have some decent passers, but they wouldn't have anybody amazing. I think that OKC could get better return for Ariza somewhere else, somewhere. Oh my goodness. You know who could love Ariza? Who? Brooklyn. The Nets? Yeah. Brooklyn. Brooklyn with Ariza would be a lot, a lot better defensively. I mean, you can just have him come off the bench with Dre. Yeah, Dre's that, playing actually tonight. Yeah, He's minutes. Play. Yeah, yeah. no KD. But yep. You know, imagine a lineup off the bench where it's like, okay, yeah, you still got Kyrie in or you still got Harden in, but then you're like, oh, wait, they're playing with Ariza, who Harden's played with, mm-hmm. and and you're playing with Dre. And so it's like that just helps your your guard out immensely. That's similar to what Steph Curry was able to, to you know, to live with was having Klay Thompson and uh, whether it was Harrison Barnes or, you know, KD. That was at least a, those were two decent defenders that he could kind of, I don't like using the term hide on defense, but he didn't have to play defense at like a crazy high level. Oh, I agree. I so agree. I think OKC can get better. Move Like, yeah, sure. It'd be cool to have Blake Griffin in OKC, but like his contract is not in OKC's timeline. Um, they want to, I think o- Horford's contract is better because what they get from him is at least a passing big man that can play defense and doesn't have like crazy attention from a lot of people where it's like Blake is just, you know, he kind of draws that, you know, respect level from the defense, but he's not going to be there when OKC is trying to contend for the playoffs and it messes things up and we wouldn't get, you know, anybody that's really going to fit in the rotation. I mean, we need, we need maybe a point guard and possibly a center and we're not getting either of those. So that's that's why I'm hesitant to do it. But I think Blake is still good. Um, now, now, I'm not saying good as in like, oh, yeah, he's an all-star. But like 
he could be a role player. The problem is he's make he's he's like a Chandler Parsons. He's making super duper star money, and he plays like a role player now, which is unfortunate because I love Blake, but I cannot cannot see him playing realistically in OKC. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. Um, I would love to see that though, just because of what he's from Oklahoma, you know, right outside the city. And fans would gravitate towards that. Fans would love that. And I, that's why I would want to see it. Now it it's it would be hard to do. It it would be very difficult to do, but I would love to see that. Just because the fans would get see Blake Griffin, you know, right out into the sunset in his hometown, playing for his hometown. And I think that would be pretty amazing. It's cool, but at the same time, like, like how much did Chicago, Chicago appreciate Dwayne Wade coming home? Dwayne Wade, like, 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 if you told somebody five years ago, six years ago, and they're like, "Yeah, Blake Griffin's going to be here to end his career," and it's like, "Yes," and then you're like, "Oh yeah, but he can't dunk," and you're like, "What? What? What yeah. is he? He's just kind of a passing big man that can handle the ball a little bit," and you'd be like, "What?" Like we wanted Blake to watch him dunk. Like, like we wanted Blake to be paired with somebody that can throw a lob. OKC does not have anybody on their team that at least has shown that they can throw a lob, especially not Hami. I mean, he's the worst <laughs> lobber ever. You um, are on Hami's case, man. You are on Hami's case. I'm just thinking case. about that time he threw it up for Al Horford and threw it about 15 feet in the air. Um, yeah. <laughs> through the lob. I, I understand. I understand your frustration with Hami. I, I get it. Um, now, if if you were asked Blake Griffin to come back, let's say maybe four years ago, would you say four years ago? Okay, see, so would accept that. Oh, he with him and Russell playing. Oh, so good playing with Russell Westbrook. Oh even Paul God. George, it would even be great with him. Russell, oh, yeah. Paul George. That would have been great. But the injuries have just really just done a number on his career. And I, I really don't like to see players go out like that. I, I dislike seeing players not go out with a bang or not go out on their terms. You know what I mean? Because the injuries are, is what's going to be his demise because of the way he plays and his body just not being able to hold up and sustain the little that level of competitiveness over time. LeBron is just an anomaly. I, I mean, he's just an anomaly. And he's even changed his game. LeBron has. Yeah. Uh, Kobe changed his game. A lot of people have changed their games. Even Blake Griffin has changed his game. But I think we just saw the decrease and the injuries just happen just back to back. Like Boogie. Boogie was a 28 and 10 guy. Like Boogie was putting up 28 and 10 probably what three years ago. And people sure. don't realize that how good he was in New Orleans with Anthony Davis. And then those injuries happened in New Orleans. And then he goes to Golden State, the injury happened. And then he goes to Lakers, an injury happens. So people don't realize how good Boogie was and the type of numbers that Boogie was putting up before the injuries. And that was just probably three or what, three or four years ago, if I'm not mistaken, when he was with um, Anthony Davis in New Orleans with Rondo. Oh, my gosh. When they when they pulled off that trade and he was selected to the All-Star game, but that's when he got injured. Um, 
Anthony Davis wore his number in the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was so good. I mean, if he was playing right now, he, I think he'd be the third best center in the NBA. I mean, like he yeah. would be better than, than Rudy. He'd be better than multiple-time All-Star Vucevic. I think Vucevic may be the worst multiple-time All-Star in NBA wow. history. I mean, Why do you think that? He's putting up – people don't watch Orlando. They don't watch Orlando, yes or no? Of course people don't watch Orlando. They don't win. <laughs> they don't win. Like, he's a decent player, but, like, he's like, like how, is he, how is he in there over Sabonis? That's, that's what's so frustrating. So it's are you like, more mad? Okay, so would you rather have – okay, if you had to pick two out of these three. I would have Ben Simmons and Demonis Sabonis. I already know that you're going to say Ben okay. Simmons. <laughs> I knew Ben Simmons was coming. You already knew what I was going to propose to you, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, now that you know, then the cat's out the bag. Never mind. But I, I like I like watching him play. I enjoy watching him play, and I watch as much NBA as possible because I really don't have anything else to do. I like watching him play, and I know that's you know how you have guilty pleasures. My guilty pleasure is watching yep, Orlando Magic right. play basketball. Like, let me watch Vucevic highlights. <laughs> I just need to stay up late to watch Vucevic highlights. <laughs> My guilty pleasure is watching Vucevic play. I, I admit that I he's a great player. He does things that I enjoy watching. He does. And I'm sorry. I know people are going to rip me for that. But yes, do I think he deserved being an all-star? Yes. Do I think Sabonis? Yes. Ben Simmons? I'm not quite sure. I think this stretch for Ben Simmons helped him with Joel and B being out. I think that stretch helped him because he was scoring points. He was being aggressive. On yeah, he, had a, he had a massive scoring game. Was yeah. it against Jazz? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. 40 plus, I believe, mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah. So um, that helped. That I think that helped him a lot. And I don't have a problem. I can't say that I have a problem with Ben Simmons being in. I just want to see Sabonis in. But I don't know how that plays out. You know what I mean? I don't know how people would take that. Yeah. It's it's pretty interesting. But do you want to do you want to tell everybody what the final segment is? I'm very excited. Oh good. Very excited. <laughs> Very excited. McConnell's favorite part of the show, Team Tank Update. The Team Tank Update, yes. Um, if anybody doesn't know, I run at Teo Burner. Um, I believe the name right now is Teo in parentheses, Team Tank, and then Maladon or Maladon. So I'm all in on Team Tank. I, I I post updates every time the teams that we need to win win, every time the teams that we need to lose lose. Um, I also post sad updates when the teams we want to win lose and the teams we want to lose win. But overall, going to go through going to go through what OKC is rocking with right now. So OKC right now the five, and obviously this is for the lottery, so they have the fifth best odds. But I'm going to say they're in the five pick. Um, then they would also have Miami, which is at eleven. Now, why they don't have Houston? Houston is top four protected. So, mm-hmm. and Houston's in the four spot. So, if they drop whatsoever in the draft, OKC would be getting their pick, um, unless Miami somehow jumped into you know top four or whatever. So, there's there's a 
about a 50% chance that they end up with Houston's pick um, based on the probability for top four. So overall, decent chance that they get that. And then here's the best news. OKC (laughs) has Golden State's pick, which is actually the Timberwolves pick, which is the second round. So they also have pick 31, which is practically a first round pick. I mean, it's the first pick in the second round. And OKC has their own second round pick, which right now is at 35. So they're rocking with two early first round picks and two very, very early second round picks, which can be packaged for an easy top 27 pick or top 25 pick. You could package those two together um, almost every single draft and get, get up a little bit. So the it's going pretty well. Um, Washington winning absolutely has helped with that. That win streak has been massive. Um, Houston's been losing, which was great for a little bit. But we want Minnesota to be, you know, a low pick. We want them in the top three or whatever, just because, or the top one, just because we get that pick in the second round. We need Warriors to keep winning because there's a lot of protections that are going into the whole pick selection thing, because I believe what happens, I'm this is, it's very confusing, but I believe OKC gets golden States pick. If it's a top or it's a bottom 10 pick, if it's like a 20 or maybe it's 22, hmm. then OKC would get it. And then the protection on it is that it's a second round pick or whatever. And that second round pick is Minnesota. So, I believe we want the Warriors to win. All I know is the Warriors winning helps us get Minnesota second round pick. So them winning, you always want the Warriors to win. Minnesota, <laughs> you want to win. Detroit, you want to win. Cleveland, they won. Great news for Team Tank. Um, boosting up, uh, getting a lot closer because they, their record in comparison, I believe, is tied. Hold on, hold on. We may have a we may have a breaking team tank update um, okay, because update. of that thing. Cause I refreshed my page. I got to check. Got to check. Okay. It's not that great. I mean, it's pretty good news. Houston has the same amount of wins now as Cleveland. Um, they've played three less games. So Houston would need to lose three, but obviously <laughs> now it's like, do we really want Houston to keep losing? But I think the four spot is like a great spot for Houston to be in um, just because then it's like, you know, a decent chance that they fall out of the top four. But overall, it's looking pretty good. Um, you know, just for fun, I'll, I'll do another mock draft just to see, or I'll do a, a sim lottery just to see, just oh, to boy. get our get our hopes up for a potential thing. You know, sitting right here, I'm going to click sim lottery. And right here, all right, here we go. Oh, oh boy, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm decently happy <laughs> with this. Okay, so OKC ended up with, the number three pick, Houston had the four. Um, Houston got Kuminga. We got Suggs. You know, whatever. This is just a mock draft that they give you. But then we also got 11 um, and then 31 and 35. So, would you – I mean, would you be happy with the number three pick, the number 11, 31, mm-hmm. and 35? I, th- I think I would yeah. totally be happy with that. Like, you know, maybe package get- a couple of them to go up to two for Mobley, but, you know. But That's you probably small. you could probably get Mobley at three. I, I I'm banking you could probably get Mobley at three, depending on which teams are picking before us. Which two yeah. teams would be picking before us? Um, say Cleveland 
And they have Cleveland taking Kate Cunningham. There's no way Cleveland would take Kate Cunningham. Um, then they have Detroit at number two. Yikes. They could, they could, Detroit could grab Evan Mobley. They need a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. <laughs> um, Honestly, I think, I think that Cleveland would be willing to trade out of the one just because they have their guards and, and they, they have, could trade for three and they would be, I think they would be willing to do that because then they could get Kuminga. Yeah, they could. Um, but how far down would they trade? Would they swap OKC from three to one? Ooh. I think they could. That's what I. That's what I'm uh, hoping for. Uh, maybe OKC nice. sends 31 and, and number three, three, and maybe a future second or something like that. Yeah. And who would OKC take number one? You think? I would want them to take Mobley, but. Hmm. That's that's, the that's my goal. I want Mobley. But you probably could. You might be able to get Mobley at three. Like I said, it just depends on the teams that's picking before yes. us. Before OKC. Absolutely. But you, I think he's a top three pick. He's a top five pick for sure. Where where K goes, I think that's where the dominoes fall. You know, you always have that draft wherever which player goes. That's kind of how it works. But Cleveland yeah. has too many guards. They have too many young guards. I think they're good there. But they also have Kim Mobley and Jared Allen play together. Because I think I think Cleveland would resign Jared Allen. He's been very good for them. He I fits mean, that young timeline. Can they play together? Can Mobley and Jared Allen play together? I mean, that's that's a tough one. I mean, is Jared Allen – I mean, how much better is Jared Allen going to get? Like, he's a good defensive big. But he doesn't bring you a ton offensively. But do they need him offensively to bring it? Like, say for instance, if you got Mobley there, and Mobley's that offensive guy because Mobley can't can st- he yeah. can step out and things like that. You just need Jared Allen to do his job, which he does that very well. Defense, so would you rebounding. Want Mobley to play the four, or would you want him to come off the bench, or Allen to come off the bench? You could bring Allen off the bench or Mobley off the bench. It just depends on what you what you want to do. Yeah. So. Or you could play them together. I mean, at some sometimes, just depending on the matchup, you could probably play them together, depending. Yeah, and I think I think that's what that's what's fun is you know whenever we have you know the tank team tank <laughs> update, I will do a sim and we can talk about what OKC should do because I don't know I think it's fun and and a lot of people that you know guys are going up especially the G League guys but you know I don't watch a ton of college basketball up until until the the conference tournaments slash March Madness. So, well, I do watch Stanford. So, shout out to Zaire Williams, but he also doesn't play because you know he opted out. Sort of something about I think somebody he knew has COVID or something like that. So he hasn't been playing. But overall, I, I'm very excited, very very excited to to get to the draft. Team Tank. Team um, Tank update. You know, this is his tanking. favorite. This is his favorite segment because he is an avid team tank um, person. So he wants the team to tank. OKC just keeps winning games and they keep being competitive. Last night was a prime example of they should, the second half just was abysmal, the fourth quarter in particular. And OKC lost that game. I, I forgot to mention, I, I'm sorry, team tankers. Um, we have another pick. Okay. We got another second round pick. I believe we have Denver's second round pick, which is 51. 
forgot to bring that up. So, so 311, 31, and 51? 311, 31, 35, and 51. Okay. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we own the draft. All, now he's all for it. Now it's, it's going to be hard for you guys to sway him off the boat. I, I'm just saying, because he's I mean, already all in. You're already all, all in. in. You're always I was all in when committed. the season started. Oh, man. Makana, I still love you. <laughs> team Tank. Team Tank. If, you're the, just, if, if anybody's Team Tank, and then in the comment section, comment Team Tank. You know, big believer. Oh, goodness. <laughs> team Tank. Team Tank is just the superior Thunder fan Twitter fan base. Um, but, Amber, is there anything else that you want to talk about OKC-wise? Um <sighs> Okay, see, just keep being competitive. I love the competitive nature that these guys are playing with. They just don't have that talent to get over that hump. If they had that talent, say, for instance, last year's talent, they'd be able to get over those humps, those close games. Um, even though OKC did give us some heartburn and indigestion because they would have to come back from leads from teams they shouldn't have been down by 20 in the first place a.k.a. the Chicago Bulls, and <laughs> they gave us some heart palpitations last season, but they had the talent to get over the hump. They just don't have that talent this year to get over that hump, and it sucks to see, but they are being very competitive. They are being very competitive, and I like the way the young kids are playing. Isaiah Roby, uh, Dort's played. He's had some pretty good games. Shea's being Shea. Baisley's trying to come into his own. Even Al Horford, I know he doesn't play back-to-backs, but he's played pretty well as as well so keep being competitive okc i'll still be watching you and cheering for you no matter what yeah and and i being team tank obviously i'm rooting for the future um overall but i think that's pretty much it if you're listening on the podcast go check out the youtube um you know you can see all the fun visuals that we have they look great um and then if you're watching on YouTube and you're like, I want to see the next segments in the future, um, go check out, you know, the podcast. The YouTube videos get posted later than the full podcast episode. So go check that out and we'll see all of you again, you know, after we record next week. Yes, next week. <laughs>